When I say the word tithe, what goes through your mind? Is there an immediate sort of anti-reaction where you go, ah, tithe, yeah, here goes another preacher with money. Talking about money. If you've been coming here any period of time at all, you know I never talk about money. I've never preached on the tithe. Just want to settle that. You're not in one of those places. But now when I say the word tithe, what goes through your mind? What, what happens in your heart? Does it rejoice? Do you have a positive reaction? Oh, praise God, it's time to be able to give to the Lord. Or is there a pulling back? Is there sort of a cringing? Or is there just uh, nothing? What about in your mind? What do you think? Is there confusion about the tithe? Do you wonder if it's valid? Do you wonder if it's New Testament? Is it something that God asks His people to do today? Well, I want to answer these questions. We've been talking in the last five weeks about the church that pierces the darkness. Today I want to talk to you about the power of the tithe. The power. And let's look at one of the most familiar passages on the tithe in all the Bible. Malachi 3.10. Let's see what the Bible says about the tithe. It says, bring all the tithes, where everybody? Into the storehouse. So there will be enough food in my temple. So the tithe is to take care of the maintenance of the temple. If you do, and that's what you call a conditional promise. If you do something, God will do something. Conditional promise. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will. Everybody say, I will. Look what God says He'll do. I will open the windows of heaven for you. What does that mean? You've got to come next week to hear that one. But something good is going to happen because God says, I will open the windows of heaven for you. And then a second, I will. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. How many would like that kind of blessing? All right. Now this is out of the same Bible that gave us John 3.16. This is the same Bible, same word. He said, now this is the power of the tithe. I will open, I will pour. I will open, I will pour. And then he says, and I don't think this is anywhere, I, I don't, know, don't know another place where this is in the Bible. He says, try it, try it, try it, try it. And then he says, put me to the test. Wow, that is God saying, I double-dog dare you. Okay? Father, thank you for the power of the tithe. And we pray you'll bless this word in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, grab hold of the edges of your seats. This is going to be good. Let me talk to you about the power of the tithe, the power of the tithe. In the last few weeks, we've seen that a church that pierces the darkness will have some characteristics about it. There's two kinds of churches in our culture today, those that are caving in to the pressure of the culture and those that are piercing the darkness of the culture. We want to be the second kind, the latter. We want to pierce the, this present darkness of the culture. We want to drive darkness back. We want to see the Word of the Lord prevail. Well, here's some of the characteristics. The church that pierces the darkness will know how to turn pain into gain. They will learn to suffer to the glory of God and turn pain into gain. The second characteristic, they will stay with the Word of God. The church that pierces the darkness will stay with the Word of God no matter what the consequences. 
Third, the church that pierces the darkness will resist and defy political correctness. I like that one. Fourth, the church that pierces the darkness will utilize the power of praise. The church that pierces the darkness will understand that praise is not just something we do, but it's a weapon in our warfare to defeat the enemy. And then last week we looked at the church that pierces the darkness will be promised land thinkers. Now today I want to talk to you about the darkness piercing church is going to be the church that is a tithing church. I don't know of a church that's really making an impact for God that is not a tithing church. Today we're going to see that God puts a blessing. How many of you would like God involved in your finances? Alright, you know what debt is? Debt is an acronym that means did everything but tithe. That's debt. Did everything but tithe. Remember that. Now, here's the fact of the matter. Let me tell you the truth about you and I. When our money is submitted to God, so is our heart. You say, well, where do you get that? I got that from the words of Jesus Christ who said, wherever your treasure is, wherever your money is, whatever your checkbook shows your money went to, that will be the primo way we will discover the desires of your heart, where your affections lie. Wherever your treasure is, there are the desires of your heart. Your affections will also be. Matthew 6, 21, Jesus. And God must hold first place when it comes to our money. I've noticed when God gets somebody's pocketbook, when he gets their checkbook, he's got them. Jesus said, inescapable fact of life, you cannot serve both God and money. It will not work. And there are people who go to church all the time, but they serve money. They don't serve God, they serve money. They serve chasing that dollar. But I'm going to tell you, wherever your desire is, is where your pursuit in life is also going to be. What are you chasing? Whatever you're chasing is going to be a real indicator of what you love. And what you love is either God or you love things. You love materialism. And so God wants to have our heart. How many of you know that? God calls we Christians to use some of our resources for His kingdom's work. He just does. Because whatever we give to, guess what? We empower it to continue. Whatever we give to, we enable that thing to continue. Let me give you an example. When you go to a certain restaurant that you like, and you go over and over again, that manager grows to love you. You know why? Because when you go to that restaurant and you eat that food, you put money there. And when you put money there, you empower that restaurant to stay open, to continue. Wherever your money goes, you empower it to continue. So where does your money go? God wants some of the resources of every believer who names the name of Christ. He wants some of our resources going towards the work of God. Because whatever we give to, we enable it, we empower it, we charge it to continue. We should care enough for God's work, everybody, to finance it. We should. You know that last week, we had 14 people come down to give their hearts to Jesus Christ. That means because you tithed, people got saved. Because you tithed, 
In five states in the Midwest, on 32 radio stations, people heard the Word of God, were delivered, were saved, were encouraged, had light shining into the darkness of their life. Here in the Metroplex, 6 in the morning, 6 in the evening, five days a week, one hour a day in rush hour traffic, we are encouraging, ministering to, feeding thousands of God's people and the lost because you tithe that empowered us to continue. Very little can be done without money. Very little on this earth can be done without money. Every week we do witness people getting saved because you gave. But it takes money to pay the mortgage, keep the lights on, keep the AC going in the summer, and keep the heat going in the winter. It takes money. It takes the tithe. And that is why God gave the tithe. Now on that, with that in mind, let me give you some statistics because I was wondering what, what is it like nationally when it comes to the tithe? What's going on in God's church? How are people giving? And I looked for somebody who had polled the populace for that, and the Barna Group had done so. And the Barna Group published research on tithing in the United States, and this came out in the year 2007, so just three years ago. Not much has changed since then. Here's what Barna discovered about tithing in the United States. In 2007, 84% of U.S. adults donated money to churches or nonprofit organizations. Donated money, but only 5% tithed. 84% of U.S. adults donated some money to a charity or to a church, but only 5% of those adults tithed. Now let me run some numbers for you. There's 300 million people in America. You take 300 million, 10% of that, and then 5% of that, that means 15 million people out of 300 million now if you extrapolate those numbers and you go to how many people are in churches every Sunday nationwide it is millions and millions way 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 over 15 million but 15 million people who darken the door of a church tithed out of 300 million Barna then analyzed which demographic groups tithe the most and which ones tithe the least what did it come out to well, in religious circles, here's how it broke down. 24% of evangelicals topped the list as tithers. So a quarter, one-fourth of evangelicals tithed. 12% of people who have prayed, read the Bible, and attended a church service during the past week tithed. 11% of charismatic or Pentecostal Christians tithed. 11%. So out of the 100% of charismatic Pentecostal Christians who God saved, God got a tithe out of them. 10% of them tithed. 9% of all born-again adults tithed. 8% of Protestants tithed. Are you ready for this? 2% of Catholics tithed. Ouch! Particularly based on the next stat. 1% of atheists and agnostics gave away a tenth of their money. Ouch. We are going to have to edit out all this clapping. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> all this jumping up and shouting and clapping. <laughs> now, let me, let me go a little bit further. Politically, how did it break down politically? It broke down this way. 12% of conservatives tied. 10% of registered Republicans tithed. 
1% of liberals tithe. But wait a minute. I thought liberals had a corner on compassion. I get it. They just like giving away our tax dollars. What was I thinking? Don't get me on that one. In general, here's the way it breaks down. 5% of adults tithed 10%. 1% or less of those whose annual income was less than $20,000 and had not attended college. 1% of those tithed. 1% or less of people under the age of 25 tithed. Come on, young adults. And then 1% or less of single adults who had never been married tithed. You singles, you need to get married. Can I have an amen? Amen. Now here's, here's a couple of things that stun me about those statistics. Here they are. It's stunning that the percentage of Catholics tithing is not much higher than the percentage of atheists and agnostics. Now, also surprising to me is that conservatives out-tithe liberals by at least 12 to 1. So let it be officially noted that liberals do not have a corner on the compassion market. Because 12 to 1, conservatives over liberals, 12 to 1 are givers. But here's what surprised me the most, that only 1 in 100 people younger than 25 tithe. Hey, young adults, you need God on your money. You need God in your finances. Don't fall into that statistic. Start giving to God now. And the same is true for singles who have never been married. Now, if you're new to this, what is a tithe? What does it mean when somebody says tithe? Here you go. Tithing refers to the practice of giving at least 10% of one's income back to God to be used in ministry. Now, notice I said back to God. You're giving 10% back to God who gave you the 100%. Now, for some of you, this is going to be a real revelation and an education, but information brings inspiration. So I want you to get this now. See, God gave you the 100%. Does anybody in here not know that? That you have what you have because God has blessed you? All right? If you believe God gave you the 100%, say amen. Amen. He gave you the strength to get up, the gift to work. He gave you the ability to get there. And you may not like the job, but take that job and love it. Because God gave it to you. Maybe he's going to give you another one later, but he gave you what you've got. Now, so we give 10% back to the God who gave us the 100%. Now, the word tithe means tenth. That's what it means. Hebrew word is translated into tithe. It means tenth. In the Old Testament, the Israelites were commanded by God to give 10% of their income of crops, uh, making it possible. Now, they were agrarian. They were farmers. And God said, I want you to give 10% of your income or your crops, making it possible for the priests to feed the poor and receive support for their living expenses. That's what God did in the Old Testament. So the tithe was used to finance ministry. Ministry. Listen to the Bible. Quote, Leviticus 27, the entire tithe of the herd and the flock, every tenth animal 
that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. So if you were a, a rancher, when you had cattle, you gave a tenth of them to the temple for the use of the ministry. And you got to keep 90. God could have said, give 90 and you get to keep 10. But God gave us everything and said, I want a tenth. Now, in case you think the Old Testament is the only place you find the principle of tithing, let's look at the verse again that we read to take up the tithe today. You are careful, Jesus said, to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. But you ignore the more important aspects of the law, which are justice, mercy, and faith. The Pharisees were ignoring justice, mercy, and faith, but they were tithers. And Jesus said, you're right on that one. You should tithe. But don't neglect the more important things, justice, mercy, and faith. Moses instructed the people, watch this, a tithe of everything. Everybody say the word everything. He didn't say some things. He didn't say a few things. He said everything, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. Animals, grain, and fruit. We're all tied back to the Lord. Now, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to show you something. I brought some cows with me. And I'm going to ask my cameraman to pan right on these cows. Everybody see these cows? They move. There they are. Aren't those pretty cows? Pretty cows. Now, there's 10 of them. You can't see them all to count them, but there's 10 of them. Now, here's, here's the way God wants you to look at it. He said, now, when I bless you with 10 cows, he said, I want you to take one of those cows right there and I want you to move him over to the church, the work of God. Everybody say, I see that. And then you're supposed to say, thank you, Lord, for nine cows. And I sow this one cow into the work of God. Now, I also brought with me some corn. Because if I'm a farmer, I'm raising this corn. There's ten ears of corn in here. What does God say? When I give you ten ears of corn, you are to take... Well, there's about two people said one. I know we're good at math here. Let's try it again. One. Out of how many? Because one is how much percent? And you are to take it and put it... Right there. And I get to keep nine ears of corn. Thank you, God. Thank you for nine ears of corn. Now watch. Now, let's bring it over into our day. I have ten $1 bills in my hand. I get paid $10. Everybody say, that's a bad day at the office. But let's just say I get paid, keep it real simple, I get paid $10. Now, what does God say? You've got $10 in your hand. What are you going to do with that? Take one and run it over here and sew it into the church. And then I get to keep $9. Hallelujah. I get to keep nine. So the tithe means when I get paid, if I'm a farmer, you go sell the corn and you, and you give the cash away, but, or the cattle, but 
in our day, you, got, you get paid. When I get paid, I get a certain amount. I'm to then run the numbers, get 10%. I take it out. And I say, thank you, Lord, that I'm saved. I believe in your work. I believe in reaching people. I believe in people being saved like I was. You have told me to be generous with my money because you've been generous with me. So, Lord, here I am. I'm giving 10% of it. And I get to keep nine. Pay the bills, pay the mortgage, pay the kids' school, take care of myself. Thank you, Lord, that I get to keep nine because he could have said, give me 50%. Give me 60, give me 70, but he didn't. He said, just 10. Now, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to show you the power of the tithe. Because how many of you know that we need to get our finances in order, especially in our current culture? We better get our finances in order. And when somebody comes to me and they say, man, am I having financial trouble? The first thing I want to know from them is this. Have you been a tither? More times than not, I'll hear, well, no, not really. Have you ever been a tither? No, well, not really. Then you, the way you get your money in order because God wants to bless it, and I'm going to show you that in a minute, is you start tithing. Because that releases God on your business. But now, let me, let me, let me meddle a little bit. Can I meddle a little bit? Well, Pastor, you're already meddling as far as I'm concerned. Well, watch this. Here, here's the rub. We're okay when it's $1 out of ten dollars. Ah, we don't have much problem with that. One dollar out of ten dollars. I can give one dollar out of ten dollars. Now let's pretend that these are ten dollar bills. So I got a hundred. And you say, oh, I, I don't mind. I, I can give ten dollars out of a hundred dollars. That's not that. That's not that big a deal. No big deal. But then let's pretend these are thousands. I got ten thousand dollars in my hand. Something happens. <laughs> Something happens. When we're dealing in thousands or millions instead of hundreds and tens, something happens in our heart. Something happens the way we think. We go, well, ten. I, well, I give one dollar out of ten, or I can give ten dollars out of a hundred, or, or you know what? I, I, I might even. Well, no, I, I'm having a one thousand out of ten thousand. You know what I could do with a thousand dollars? I could get that flat screen TV. I could send my kid. I could, I could pay some. There, there's so much I could do with $1,000. But then when we move into the arena of 100000 God really wants me to give $10,000 out of 100 I don't even know what's going to be done with it. I, I can't imagine what's even going to be done with it. We start saying, wait a minute. This can't be right. Surely God doesn't expect me to give that much. Let's flip this notion for a minute. What if God thought that way about you? I don't mind giving them 10. I don't mind giving them 100. But you know, looking down there at the way that they do, and, and they're, I don't know if I should give 1,000 to them. And I'm sure I'm not going to give them 10,000 and a million. Forget it. I'm not going to be that generous with them. What if God was toward us the way we are towards Him? Because now i got a million in my hand. And that means 100,000 of it is God's. And I'm going, oh, oh. And we say to our spouse, what do you think, honey? 
And your spouse is already thinking, boy, that could get this and could get that, could get this and could get that, unless they're a real person of God. And they just say, give that 10%. And you say, I rebuke you, devil. I didn't think you were hearing God. <laughs> but 10% of 10 is the same as 10% of 100, is the same as 10% of 1,000 or 100,000 or a million in God's eyes. Because he didn't say, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse unless you make a certain amount. What if he said, I better not give that child of mine that much money. A hundred's okay, a thousand's okay, but I can't give him any more than that. I really shouldn't bless him like that. That's just too much. What we say sometimes when faced with tithing a large sum God does not likewise say when it comes to blessing us with a large sum because God's been generous with us. Can you say, God's been generous with me? You say, well, I, I made that much money. Bless God, I sold something or I went and uh, created something. I got a patent on something. Now I got all kinds of money coming. Surely I'm not supposed to tithe. You want God in your money? You want God in your finances? You want God in your stuff? Or you want to take it all by yourself? Here's what we know. Tithing percentages drop the more money a person makes. That eventually transition, they transition from tithing to tipping. Because they say something that happens in their mind. Surely I can't give that much away. But let me say, surely you can. And if you're a millionaire and you want to tithe here today, I will take it. <laughs> if you win the lotto, I didn't tell you to go do it, but we'll take that tithe too. I'm just trying to be funny. You're all looking at me so serious. <laughs> hey, Pastor, don't talk about my money. Well, God talks about your money a lot. Remember debt? Did everything but tithe. He says, God, in Malachi, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The whole tithe. Well, all right, what's the storehouse? The storehouse in the Old Testament was the temple, but the storehouse in the New Testament is the church. Now, when we tithe into the storehouse of the church, we are releasing funds into the care of church leaders to use those resources to support ministry and ministry activities. That's what you're doing. So I don't know if I trust the leadership, then you shouldn't be here. If you, can't tr if you trust us with your soul and not your money, something's wrong with this picture. Well, I've seen too many bad news stories on TV. I have too, and they make me want to puke. But it doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Can I meddle a little bit more? Well, go ahead. I'm already sweating, and I'm already regretting. Watch this. In light of this, I believe that your tithes should go to the church you attend. When it comes to where our, we give our tithe, one pastor wrote this, quote, remember, we're to bring the tithes into the storehouse where we are cared for and led. You don't eat at Burger King and say, I appreciate the food, but I'm going to go on down to Taco Bell and give them my money. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. We're to bring the tithe, God's tithe, to the storehouse where we are cared for and led. How many of you who had a business and somebody came to your business and said, 
let's see, I'm going to buy a candle. He said, sure. You give them the candle. And they say, you know, there's another candle store down the way. I'm going to go and give them the money for your candle. You would say, wait a minute, while you're dialing 911. <laughs> see, that's not what you do. The storehouse is where you are being fed and led. That's the storehouse. Now, the Bible is also crystal clear that the tithe, that, that one out of ten, belongs to God. It's not yours. It's not mine. It is God's. God said, I want that tenth cattle. I want that tenth ear of corn. I want, I want the tenth, and it's mine. So we are not free to designate the tenth, divide it, or direct it wherever we want to. Okay? Here's what some people do. They say, take my tithe. Here it is. Here's the one. Here's, here's the 10%. And I want you to use it or apply it to this or that. And they designate the tithe. You can't do that. It's God's tithe. I mean, it's not mine. It's not yours. It's God's tithe. Well, I'll give my tithe anywhere I want to. You need to read the Word. Okay? It's God's tithe. See, when we give it, it's out of our hands. I don't direct it. I don't leave. When we give it, it's out of our hands. In the Old Testament, priests administered the way tithes and offerings were used. They were the ones that did it. But today, church elders are charged with that responsibility. They are to take the tithes we bring and prayerfully and carefully direct their use. It's important for church members to trust their decisions. And not try to direct their tithes to their favorite ministries. Do you know that in 2009, God blessed our church with $1.7 million? Now, wait a minute. $1.7 million of God's people's tithe and offerings. What a blessing. But do you know that we turned around and gave away $260 plus thousand dollars in emissions? Now, that means if we had given away, wait a minute. If we had given away 10%, it would have been 170,000. But we gave away 260 something thousand. So we gave way over a tithe into missions. And every month we try to do everything we can to give that money. So that means that people in five different states in the Midwest were blessed. People were blessed in Africa, in our mission in Africa, in Haiti, our mission in Haiti. Nancy Alcorn and her uh, homes for unwed mothers where they can have those children instead of aborting them, we gave to her. We gave here and there and in many, many different places around the world and in the states. And we were able to do it and bless them and enable them to continue because you tithed. Amen. Now, sometimes there are missions we support or projects that we tackle in which we ask the church to consider giving a designated gift over and above their tithe, like what we're going to do next week for Haiti. We're sending a group of missionaries to Haiti in October, and we're going to send $5,000 in medical supplies. We're sending doctors and nurses, and some of our own people are going to Haiti, 
And we're, and, and we're working on getting some, some uh, somebody sent a bunch of glasses lenses so that we can, we can give them what they need for their eyes so they can see. We're going to bless those Haitian people. They can never give us back anything in return. And that's great. We don't want to. We want to bless them. We're going to do it in the name of the Lord. We're going to give them free medical care, free doctors, nurses, and, and ophthalmo, oph, ophthalmological help. You try that. <laughs> and all in the name of the Lord. And the reason we can do it is because you tithe. Hallelujah. But that's an offering. When you give to Haiti next week and those medical supplies, that's an offering. That's not the tithe. You can't rob Peter to pay Paul. You can't say, well, we're taking up a special offering for Haiti, so I'm going to take my tithe and give it to the offering. No, 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 no. You tithe. And then you give a special offering to Haiti. Well, Pastor, you're being strong today. Well, you know what? I don't have anything to apologize about because this, I want to see God on your money. And so I want to be real clear. So we give our tithe 10% and we give above that to special offerings designated. Now, here's the question, and I wind down with this. The ultimate question of tithing comes to this. And everyone here is going to have to deal with the question, what are you most concerned about? Not having enough money or not having the involvement of the Lord in your money? What are you most concerned about? Well, if I give, Pastor Jeff, if I give that, if I give that one out of the ten, if I give that ten percent, it's going to be kind of tight. Kathy and I, from the minute that we have been married, 32 years ago, have tithed. When we first got married, we had no money, zero, zip, zero, not, I was in radio where you take a vow of poverty to be in radio, especially as a DJ, unless you get up in the big, big time, and I didn't stay in it long enough to get up there, but we, we tithed, and there was a time when we lived in a place that was affectionately called the Rocha Villa. The Rocha Villa was rightly called the Rocha Villa because when you turn on the lights, because it was very poor area, and we didn't have any money. And yet even then, sometimes our tithe, when we took out that 10, was $10. I was fighting my way through college, fighting my way through what God had given me to do in preparation. So we would give that. And sometimes that $10 was cream of wheat or hamburger helper. But we gave it away. We gave it. And you know, it was amazing. People would walk up to us and hand us checks. They would walk up to us and hand us money. We knew... God's got to be on our money. Now, you know what I've seen? So, well, Pastor, you gave when it was tough. Yes, we did. I've seen if you give when times are tough, you will give when times are good. But if you don't give when times are tough, you're probably not going to give when times are good. Because we say, well, when I get out of this bind, when I get out of this valley, when I get out of all this, then I'll tithe. Mark it down. Nine times out of ten, the person who says that won't give when they get through it. Because they have not had the revelation in their hearts about tithing. What's more important? Do you want God on your money? And here's the power of the tithe. The tithe is powerful. Why? Because it releases God into your stuff. Now watch this. Bring all, not some, not a part all the tithes into the storehouse 
so there will be enough food for my temple if you do. That means it's a conditional promise. Conditional promise is God says, if you'll do something, I'll do something. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, two I wills, two powerful I wills, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Going to have to get that next week, what it means by that. But I will open the windows of heaven for you. How many of you can say, I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. I will open the windows of heaven for you, and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Anybody interested in that? I will open the windows of heaven and I will pour out. I will open and I will pour. I will open and I will pour. That means God is activated in your life. You say, well, can I stay saved and not tithe? Some Christian telethons would lead you to believe not. And I, I hate some of the things that are said in telethons because it almost makes it sound like you've got to buy every blessing God gives you. You don't. If you don't have a dime, he'll save you, fill you with the Spirit, answer your prayers, and bless you. We're talking about a way of life where God says, if you tithe, I'm going to do some things unique. I'm going to open, and I'm going to pour. And that's the power of the tithe. Can we stand up together? Now, I don't want you to miss next week. I'm going to talk about the original fool on the hill. The original fool on the hill. Because there's only one place I know of where Jesus calls somebody a fool. And we're going to start thinking about finances like Jesus did. Because, you know, he had a money guy that carried around the money bag. He kept finances. Jesus did. And our staff can't be hired unless they sign an agreement to tithe. Because we cannot ask you to do something leadership won't do. There's not a person on staff or a leader that is not tithing. Because we want financial blessing on everything. So how many of you want the Lord released on your money? Seriously. How many of you believe the Word of God? It's right there. And the words of Jesus, you should tithe. So if he said we can do it, let me just pray for us right now. Some of you need a great breakthrough on your money. And you know the Lord wants to bless you. He really does. He wants to be involved in your finances. So let's lift our hands to him right now. Lord, bless every person here today with an incredible financial blessing. Lord, help us to come into line with what your word teaches about finances so that you can be released into our money in a way that you may not be right now. Now with every head bowed, speaking of enabling something, I want to take up a special offering right now for Rama. I want to empower her ministry to continue. I want that little girl to go all over the world because here's a little sweetheart who stands up and belts out her song and gives Jesus the praise. So in just a moment, we're going to be seated for uh, just another minute or two. 
And I want you to take out your checkbook or take out your wallet and say, Lord, what do I do today towards Rama's ministry?